This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Presented by Liquid Spirits Beverage Catering Company. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 70 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and happy Thanksgiving. I know it's technically not until tomorrow, but it might as well be today because we are all in vacation mode. Let's be honest, I'm sure a lot of you are sitting at your desk mailing this one in, am I right? Because it's Thanksgiving Eve, which is a huge party night. It was one of my favorite nights in college, getting to come home. We called it Big Wednesday in my hometown, meeting up with all of your friends from high school, going out to the bars, partying, seeing everybody. Always a great time. But the other side of that coin is that you're running into a lot of other people you knew from high school, which really isn't that good of a time. But it is always fun to see what everyone looks like now and to avoid those people you've defriended because they got sucked into a pyramid scheme and sent you a ton of skincare DMs that you avoided. You know the drill. I'm sure a lot of you are traveling today, so you queued up this podcast to pass some time to those peeps safe travels but wherever you're listening just know that i am thankful for you thankful that you listen to this podcast thankful for your support we've discussed this before on the podcast i'm not a huge thanksgiving person i don't love the menu i don't love eating myself into an uncomfortable stupor it's just not my jam and it never has been Plus, Thanksgiving is always a huge NFL football day. And now that I couldn't care less about the NFL, Thanksgiving is plummeting in my personal holiday power rankings. But I do have an idea to save Thanksgiving, and I'm going to propose it to my family tomorrow. I suggest that we queue up Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final and watch it in lieu of the NFL. I've been waiting for a super special kind of chill day to really settle in and watch that bad boy because I haven't rewatched it since I saw it live back in the summer. And Thanksgiving, I think, is the perfect opportunity to do so because it's truly one of the things I'm most thankful for in 2019. If you're listening to this saying, Michelle, what are you referencing? I'm talking about the fact that the St. Louis Blues were able to defeat the Boston Bruins in seven games and win their first ever Stanley Cup championship in franchise history. But enough about my joys for this year. On to this week's episode, part two of this month's chat with Steve Cerruti. Here's what you can expect in this week's pod. Did I have a terrible childhood because I didn't play video games? What the hell is a Visco girl? Steve and I take to the internet to find out. Plus, we debut a new game. So let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in. Here is part two of this month's chat with Cerruti. So you know that I love Frank Ocean. We have talked about it on this podcast. And Tyler, the creator, had his festival that he puts on every year. And to hype it up, he was like, we're going to have a mystery guest. We're going to have a mystery guest. So everybody there thought it was going to be Frank Ocean, which is a big deal because Frank rarely performs live. He hasn't done it in years, but obviously he and Tyler, the creator, were an odd future together. Frank has been dropping new tracks on his blonded radio. He dropped DHL. There's a couple other ones. And so everyone's like, oh my God, it's going to be Frank Ocean. It's going to be Frank Ocean. So then it turns out it was not Frank Ocean, but it was Drake instead. Okay. Drake is one of the biggest superstars in the entire world. The audience booed Drake off stage. Why though? Like I don't understand this like anti Drake thing. I was recently reading because I like I listen to like old Drake, new Drake, like you know pretty regularly. Like I was listening to Views the other day. I'm like shit. I love this album. This was a great album. I mean, Scorpion wasn't awesome, but there was like some songs on there that I liked. But I, I like the idea of what he's doing. Like I think he's still pretty good at it. And I know everyone's like, oh, he's got a bunch of ghostwriters in next year or anything. I don't know. I feel like a ton of people have ghostwriters. Like I'm not that worried about it. But I don't understand like this. All of a sudden, like the tides have just turned on Drake, where it's like, oh, he's so lame. Now. 
now. Like he's like this weird dude, and I don't know. I just don't understand why that's a thing. And I also don't. Under, I've never understood Frank Ocean, so maybe that's me just being old. Like I don't. I'm not a Frank Ocean guy. What was that out al- like? That album that you love that I listened to, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, Can like weird to me. Yeah, and I'm just like, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. I don't I, know. So I that's gotta give you. Incredibly rude. Well, I thought it was rude, too. And not only that, if you're hoping for Frank Ocean, his music is, I mean, it's different than Drake's, but it's not like you were hoping for Frank Ocean and you got Metallica. You know, Drake is kind of in the same sphere, and he's also got a lot of good music. And to boo him off stage, I thought was so lame. Yeah, why doesn't Frank Ocean do live performances? Why doesn't he perform? I, don't, I didn't know that. You know, he hasn't done it in a few years. I think maybe if he drops another album, he might do it. But Frank Ocean just does not do the typical artist thing. You know, he had a beef with his record label about dropping the music. So he did this live stream on Apple Music called Endless so that he provided them with the stuff to suffice with his contract. And then he independently dropped Blonde the next day. Oh, wow. OK. Well, that's actually that's kind of badass. I like that. Yeah, he's awesome. But it's it's kind of like anti-establishment, anti-label thing. So it's about the music and the artistry and but not in, a, in an insufferable way. You know, he just kind of does his own thing and doesn't really care. Yeah, but still, it's, there's no need to disrespect Drake. Like, I know the like dancing on the Raptors sideline was like a little bit much even for me as a Drake guy. But there's no, we don't need to turn on Drake. Like, I, I know there are a ton of people in the media. I remember this is one, like, main media guy who, like, would always crush Drake. I'm like, I, don't, I, just, don't, I just don't understand, like, why. Is it because he's soft? Like, I know everybody thinks he's soft. But, like, now everybody's soft. Like, everybody raps and sings about their feelings. So it's not even, like, a big deal. Yeah, and if you want to get technical with it, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Nelly was doing the sing rap thing well before Drake. And that didn't hurt his status. Am I right? It's not yeah, even I, mean, listen, I don't think Nelly started it, but he definitely was a part. He was definitely part of it. Okay, Nelly was sing rapping back in country grammar during "Love and Me," which was about eight years before Drake. It's not the same, though. It's it's just not the same. You're right. It's better. It's definitely not better. Yeah. I I actually would say. I mean, I hate to say this to you, Shell, because I know he's your guy, but he. I, you can say other it. than like country grammar. And EI and like Rye with me, like I guess off country grammar, like that album is pretty pretty tried and true. Like it is what it is, and it's it's quality. Yeah, from top to bottom. I would say like after that, I don't think I liked any song he sang. Uh, you I didn't think, like well, grills. I, liked, I didn't like grills. I guess I liked Shake Your Tail Feather just as like a stupid party song. But that was like more Murphy Lee. I don't know. Like I I. Yeah, like I Air Force One is one of my all time least favorite songs. Hot and Her is probably my second all time least favorite wait. song. You didn't like Air Force Ones? I did not like Air Force Ones. No. How are we even friends? I shouldn't say that. So I actually think Hot and Her is worse than Air Force Ones. Now that I think about it, but they're both bad. But Hot and Her was like one of my least favorite songs of all time. You didn't like Pimp Juice? Nope. You didn't nope. like Dilemma? I you, pretty much. Ev- no. Ugh. No. And pretty much, I tell you, pretty much everything after Country Grammar, I was like not down with. Oh my god! I'm looking right now. There's so, you, what are you talking about? He's got so many songs. No, because then he went super poppy, and it was like, oh, okay, dude, like we get it. Now you're singing with Kelly Rowland, and you're doing the cool thing. Like I, I just thought Country Grammar was like his last really great. Well, maybe his only really great album. Full album, but he's got some hits. All right, but now that I'm thinking about this, can we say essentially the same thing about Drake? Sure, his catalog is much bigger than Nelly's. He's had way more hits than Nelly. Nelly's had a lot of misses. I'm being completely transparent. But 
it's never been as good for Drake as it's been after that first album in totality. That first album was so strong. I forget. I'm, I'm blanking on the title of the album. It's the one with fireworks on it. It's so good. Hang on. Actually, let me look this up and be super official. What best I ever had on it? Yeah, let me be... Was it, wasn't that like Thank You something? What was it? Okay, uh, yes, Thank Me Later. So from Thank Me Later yeah. till now, I feel like every Drake album has gotten a little less and a little less. I love to take care. I love Nothing Was the Same. But yeah, then okay. it goes, view, Views is a little less. You know what I mean? More Life, what? Like maybe one song on there that I liked? Michelle, Free Smoke? Take Care was an unbelievable album. Oh my God, Take Care, Top to Bottom is great. Unbelievable album. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm looking at it now. Okay, let's just go over this. Over My Dead Body, great. Shot For Me, great. Headlines, Crew Love, Take Care, Marvin's Room. Crew Love is a fucking great song. Marvin's Room, I mean, you gotta gotta be in a mood, but Marvin's Room is something, man. Jesus. (laughs) If you're a little buzzed and lonely, Marvin's Room hits hard. Yeah. I'm not sure there's a song meant for drinking by yourself and potentially sobbing by yourself in Marvin's room. <laughs> the whole album, like Lord Knows with, Rick, with my guy Rick Ross. Oh my God, Make Me Proud, Underground Kings, Cameras, Doing It Wrong, The Real Her, Look What You've Done. Hell yeah, fucking rights on here. The motto. I mean, that album is awesome. I'll give you like, I'll give you like, if you're reading this, it's too late. Nah, not, nah, not awesome. Nah. Not awesome. Yeah, but nothing was the same was awesome. Uh, I would even say, let's see, I'm going through views. Like, I know you you and I disagreed on views, and I remember you Ugh. talking to Izzy Gutierrez about this. He feels the same way I feel about Feel No Ways. That song is an absolute fucking gem. It's, it's, it's such an underrated song. Again, I think views almost top to bottom is a great album. Scorpion, yeah, it's not great. I would say that, uh, what was it called? Um, the one with Future. What Grammys? a time to be alive. Oh, what a great time to be alive. Fucking, great fucking album. Like, no, I, like, I mean, just, Big like, Rings is good. There was a few on there. Jumpman no, was good. Scholarships, Jumpman, Scholarships. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. That, that, is a, that is a good album. Very good album. So I do not, I, I dispute the fact that we've just named like four Drake albums after his first one that are bangers. Yeah, all right, all right. But I'm just saying, what's the last one that he did so far gone? I mean, I don't even know how many songs on that that I even liked. We're not so far gone. No, you're right. He's gotten to that point. Uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. Yeah. Now, Scorpion was like, uh, yeah, I didn't love Scorpion. I mean, God's Plan. I thought God's Plan. Nonstop was good. Nonstop was okay. Nice for What is a fucking banger, too. Totally. Totally. That is Um, like the song of of like every summer. I, I could put that song on and instantly feel good. The in my feelings thing, like I, I, the whole, the fact that that whole challenge thing took over, I just, that, that was ruined immediately. But I thought it was actually an okay song. Summer Games. Most underrated song on the album, um, but I, I will give you that 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 album was genuinely disappointing. Mm-hmm, I will say, but mm-hmm. that's okay. He's at that point where he's not a guaranteed sure. Fan. The same thing that happened to Nelly. Well, Nelly just stopped that first. <laughs> but nothing was guaranteed after 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 the first one. It was like, oh god, ew. <laughs> It's so funny because we had Larry Hughes on the podcast last week. And for those who didn't hear it, Larry was in the Nelly Kelly Roland Dilemma music video. And we talked to him about that. So we've been super heavy on the Nelly talk the past two weeks. I'm putting an embargo on Nelly. No more Nelly talk through 2019. You know what's funny, too, is like I never really like had a vivid memory of the uh, what was what was the video that you were talking to me about all the girls from St. Louis? Was it? Con- was it it was, was uh, it with me? no, it was country grammar. It was the very was first grammar. one. And I went back and I watched the music video. I'm like, wow, where in, where did they 
find these people. It is like, the funniest it, shit you've ever seen in your life. To everyone listening, go back, settle in, go to YouTube, watch the country grammar music video. It's it is, unbelievable. It is so <laughs> yeah. bootleg. It is so late 90s, like North County, St. Louis. It's literally like Nelly just called up his boys and was like, round up everyone you've ever known and we're going to yeah. have a block party and shoot this music video. And like, he says to the girls, grab your swimsuits and dress like a video girl in the 90s. Because remember, every rapper had those video girls in the 90s. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. It was stunning. And actually, like, I kind of think it's funnier and more awesome as I think about it. Because it's just, <laughs> it was, it's a, it's just a weird vibe to a music video. And everyone is like, it's not like hot rapper girls. It's like random people. <laughs> like, it's literally just like somebody, like, literally, I, I'm like, you're right. You probably just called up and, hey, round up everybody you know and, like, come shoot this video. And nobody got makeup. Nobody got anything. They <laughs> no. just thought we're doing what they were doing. <laughs> like, it's no. And they're like having a barbecue block party. Some guys got a snake in the video. It's like people riding their bikes down the street. It's unbelievably hilarious. Yeah. So, yes, I would encourage everyone to go back and check that out. I'm going to save the stories since we're running a little low on time for December because I think that they still play then. But we've talked about a lot of stuff. I've been feeling really old lately. The kids today, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they think is cool. But anytime I get on the Internet or talk to someone younger than me, they talk about something. And I'm like, if this is what's popular now, I'm okay being old. You and I have talked about TikTok. I downloaded the app because my friend Lux is super into TikTok. And I was like, okay, I'm going to download the app and see what this is about. And I'm not kidding. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I have not even dabbled in TikTok since we talked about it. I just kind of know it's not for me. And the fact that I know that it's was just straight up ripped from Vine. I'm not, I'm not cool with it. TikTok and I aren't cool. But it's like dances and people trying to be... I just, I can't, I can't understand it. And it's supposed to be funny. And I don't think it's funny. It's kind of how I feel about Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's Instagram. Like, if <laughs> this is just not funny, it's not good content. No, no. You know what those, you know what it is? It's just, it's just a thirst fucking, it's thirst center is what it is. Like, that's, it's a bunch of people like looking for their 15 minutes of fame. And I would say 99.9% of the videos are absolute trash. And then there's a couple that are like kind of funny. That's how I would describe TikTok. But isn't Instagram already existing for a thirst trap and a fame trap? Yes, but maybe I'm wrong because and we, we've discussed like I don't know shit about TikTok. But at least on Instagram, like I could follow you, I could follow my friends, and I could just keep up with what's going on and what they're doing and things like that and their stories. And I don't have to follow the thirst trap people. I feel like everyone on TikTok, on TikTok, on TikTok, <laughs> Jesus Christ, on TikTok is just looking for attention and is super bored and has nothing else to do. Yeah, let's get a hobby, man. The well, only thing I think is funny is that cat video. There's like nine different cats and it's like playing a drum. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, then someone said to me, oh, that her niece was a Vizco girl for Halloween. I was like, what the shit is that? I've never even heard of that in my life. And she's like, you know that editing app that people edit their phones on, VSCO? It's an internet thing called Vizco Girl or whatever. So I Googled it and it's a thing. It means, so VSCO, it's like an app, I guess, that you can edit pictures on. But calling someone a Vizco Girl is like kind of a diss because you, I don't even know how to describe this. It's so frustrating. But she was telling me that they have scrunchies and Birkenstocks. It's, It's just kind of like a play on something. And I didn't understand it and didn't get it and thought it was really weird. Yeah, I've actually, now that you mentioned that, I've seen that. I've seen that. I didn't think I knew what it was, and I still kind of don't. But I do, I've seen it before, so maybe I'm not that old. But, like, what is it, though? You know, just because we've seen it doesn't mean we get it. 
Well, like I'm looking up. Okay, so Vox, uh, Vox, good time. Did a uh, did a like a like a the Visco girl watch. Well, you know, like all other things on the internet, BuzzFeed stole it from somebody yeah, else and posted totally. it on their page. Thing called Starter Packs posted it, which is okay. Okay, so the Visco girl Starter Pack, and it's like it's like the checkered vans. Ripped jeans, an oversized T-shirt, like Jesus sandals, like a Polaroid camera, water bottle, and like a I, I don't know, a scrunchie, a scrunchies in there. What else is in there? But I still don't get I, it though. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to read on the fly here. Hold on. Here they're gonna move. Uh, hold on. It doesn't really say. Right. But again, is there we, like a Wikipedia? But think about it, Steve. We are not that old, and we're cool, and we're smart, and we can't figure out what the hell this is. Bisco Girl refers to a popular Gen Z subculture. It became popular in the summer of 2019 through an increase in social media content about the trend. It is related to other teenage subcultures that originated on the Internet, such as e-boy, e-girls, and Tumblr girls. What? A Bisco Girl style is often described as both preppy and beachy. The style is purposefully laid back. Bisco Girls are often seen wearing oversized T-shirts that are sometimes long enough to cover their shorts. Oh, I know this. I know these girls. Through Visco <laughs> Girls, they are mostly associated with shorts, such as Nike track shorts. Some include mom jeans as part of their clothing style. I mean, I don't. I feel like that didn't tell me anything. But I know. I still I don't do, get it. I have seen the like young girls in oversized T-shirts thing, and been like, "Why is that a thing?" And now it makes sense. Now they're they're just Visco Girls. Oh, okay. So is this where I say, "Okay, Boomer"? Yeah. Well, well. For first off, what the hell is that? Is this one where officially get off my lawn people that I don't understand Visco girls and okay boomer? See, recently I have sort of accepted the fact that I am no longer like in the know. And I know I haven't, I've been trending that way for a while, but there have been a few things recently. And part of it is just, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I just kind of am who I am. Yeah, same. But I have noticed recently that like I do understand less and less about young culture which is like i'm actually not even that mad about it though. i'm just like whatever i don't fucking care well this might be the definition of okay boomer but it seems like some of the stuff they're doing is kind of lame but i'm sure like every like we've always talked about this i'm sure every generation thinks the new generation's stuff is stupid and lame and that's just that's just part of life really right i mean i'm sure like when we were growing up you know, everyone's like, what the hell are these stupid kids doing? Like, they're playing with Tamagotchis and, like, yeah, fucking... Is, but they were right. The thought of having a Tamagotchi, it's so <laughs> fucking dumb. It's a little <laughs> electronic egg that you had to fake feed and that would shit everywhere. I never had one, but I remember my friends being like, oh, oh I don't I feed one. my Tamagotchi. Yeah. It's going to shit everywhere and die. You're like, what? I mean, if I was a parent and my kid wanted that, I'd be like, no, I'm not getting you that. That's stupid. So the, the, one of the first, like, signs that I was, like, no longer young was that, remember, like, what was it called? Um, I'm a big video games person. Like, I still play video games this day. But, oh, oh, yeah. Remember, like, everyone got really into Farmville on no. Facebook? No. Yeah. I did everybody not do got that. Really in, everybody got really into Farmville. And that was, like, the first time when I was like, this is dumb. Like, I'm not doing this. And that was, like, the first trend, I feel like, where I was just completely out on. And that was even, like, college for me. So that was actually a little bit early. But ever since then, it's been like a gradual, like, I don't give a shit about whatever this new stuff is. TikTok, TikTok, Visco, whatever. I don't care. So I'm just, I, I've gracefully aged out of the, like, giving a shit about what all these young trends are. 
Yeah, I didn't do any of that shit. I never played video games growing up. I didn't do Sims. I didn't do Farmville. I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't really do Sims. I kind of did Sims, but I was definitely a big video game guy. But it was mostly, well, I guess it wasn't even really mostly sports video games. Like, you never played, like, Mario Kart, Mario Party growing up? No, I rode my bike. Well, yeah, I, I could see your parents, the way you described them, I've never met them. They seem like lovely people, but they do seem like they wouldn't be in the video game crowd. They, like, wouldn't let you play video. I could see that happening. No, we had Duck Hunt, and then we had, in the basement, we had two actual video games, like the big ones. We had Golden Tee and we had um, not Space Jam. What was the one? NBA Jam. We had NBA Jam. Oh, NBA Jam. Yep. Yeah. You never played like GoldenEye or anything? Or like no. you never played Super Mario or like even Sonic, like if you were a Sega person? I was no. not a Sega person. I never played any of those things. I never did any of that. Interesting. That's a bummer because... I know I'm in the minority. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer because, like, I think you missed out. I really do. I think you would have liked that stuff. Like, so when you got to college, if you guys didn't play, like, drunk driving with Mario Kart? <laughs> what? No. I've never even heard oh of that before. You know Are what you I played in college? Get drunk and eat pizza. That's what I played in college. I could see that. No, no, no. <laughs> drunk driving was when you played Mario Kart, like, it was a pregame game. And you would, basically, like, you had to finish a beer before, like, you had to do, like, it was, you know, four people playing Mario Kart, right? You had to finish your beer before you were done with the course. So it was a race, not only to finish the video game and finish the level, but also drink your beer. And that was like one of our pre, that was like a mainstay of our pre-gaming uh, stuff. I would, I would play that today, honestly. I really would. That was the most fun game ever. Are you serious? I've never even heard of that. We would do Flippy Cup or we had, uh, you, yeah, did we you ever, would, yeah. Did you ever do Power Hour where it was, uh, oh, of course one minute of a song and then the next minute of another song? That was always super fun, Power Hour, but very I, dangerous. I was like, I was like the music czar of my college experience. Like I was always the guy that controlled the music because I was like a music Nazi. So I'm yes, sure I do. It was super emo. No, it was. Uh, I'm trying to. I used to go through weird phases, though. You're right. I was never an emo dude, but like it would be rap, it would be rock, it would be like old stuff. Like I was really in the '90s in college, which was weird too. Like I had a. You know, when you go to college, and you discover like all this old music. Like I went through that phase. But no, no, I was always the guy, even like my wife Maddie to this day is like, you are like, the worst person to go on a road trip with because you control the music too much, which is ironic because we did do a long road trip and I feel like I was very good with music. Were you and I? Yeah. That's when we became friends is because we were like, okay, same music taste done. Yeah, exactly. So you would have been totally fine with my selections in college. Did you like Incubus, Steve? Because I went and saw them last week live and they were awesome. Uh, you know, I feel like everyone that went to college at least was like, okay about Incubus. Like, I was never, like, a big Incubus person. I really liked uh, this one song called, what's it called, Aqueous Transmission, I think, which is a good song. Nice. Other than that, no, I'm not a huge Incubus person. Wow, that surprises me, because they were really, really good. They played Make Yourself Top to Bottom, and then at the end, sprinkled in, like, Megalomaniac and Wish You Were Here and Dig. It was really, really, oh, really Dig's good. Oh, Dig's a good song. Dig is a good song. I actually like Dig a lot. Yep, good call. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was more of like a third eye blind guy. Bubba will appreciate this. Bubba, who is, uh, you know, obviously both of our friends, Bubba, Brandon Peregrine, ESPN, of ESPN fame on the Will K Show. Um, he, he and I were big and are big third eye blind fans. So that's kind of like what I, I guess like that. If I was like, there was like a guilty pleasure band for me, it's 100% third eye blind. Yeah, see, and I think third eye blind is like, meh. So I'm happy to be on the incubus side of this argument. 
Mm, you're on the wrong side, but congratulations. <laughs> okay, so circling back to us not being cool or knowing what the kids are up to these days, I was talking to my boss, shout out Tommy Mattern. He has a daughter. She's right at that young teenage age, and he was saying how she describes things if they're cool or uncool with lingo, you know, like teenage lingo. And if something's cool, she calls it Gucci. And if it's bad, teens call it cringy. So I wanted to play a game with you called Gucci or cringy. <laughs> you want to play? Your cringy literally is cringy. Although I have used Gucci before when like saying, oh, yeah, well, like, like that's Gucci. Like, you know, whatever. Like I have. You used have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably in a text. Yeah. My buddy Mike uses it way too much. Like he'll just say like, oh, that's Gooch. And that's I'm Gooch. like, that <laughs> sounds super dumb. And it's sort of rubbed off on me a little bit. So I have used it like maybe a handful of times. Okay. So you want to play? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's a long way of saying yes. It's Gooch that you're playing this game. Go- Steve, Gucci or cringy? Wearing beanies indoors. Um, I would say cringy. It's hard to say because, like, when you if you could pull it off, it's like kind of okay. But I do think very few people could pull it off, so I'll say cringy. Because I noticed a lot of full part of the outfit beanies not coming off during the Incubus show, and I was like, oh, okay, so we're back to oh, beanies yeah. inside. Oh yeah, I could. I guess I feel like the beanie crowd is like the ah, those aren't like my people. Like I, you know, like not that not that there's anything wrong with them, but like we're probably not going to have too much in common. <laughs> Yeah, I could say that. Steve, Gucci or cringy? Quiche. Quiche? Quiche. Who? What? Quiche. Like, like, the, like the egg? Yes. So <laughs> I am so fed up with quiche. I feel like quiche thinks that it can be a snack, a meal. It's like an egg pie that you can present it in the morning. People present it at night. I'm sick of quiche thinking it's an all-purpose meal because it's not. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm gonna say Gucci on quiche, but I think the quiche, I like a quiche with a crust. If it's, if it doesn't have a crust, then it's just scrambled eggs. It's just like an omelet, basically, a baked omelet. Who wants a crustless quiche? Oh, Maddie makes crustless quiche all the time. Like, we only have crustless quiche. What? I feel like the quiche is the best, or the crust is the best part of the quiche. It is, which she would disagree with, but I am with you. I don't want to call her out because, you know, you know, she is a good cook, but I, the crust is what makes it. So I'm, I'm Gucci on quiche. I actually kind of like quiche. You know, I'm cringy on quiche. I'm sick of quiche. Stop you're, trying. You're on quiche. Stop trying to be a five-tool player because you're not. It's pretty versatile, though. I mean, if we're going to be honest, like eggs are like the most versatile thing there is. But I don't know. I'm weird about eggs. You know, they have to be made so specifically and I have to be in such the mood for them. And I hate oh. looking at raw eggs. They make me gag because it's oh, like yeah. a dead bird. Yeah, literally you're eating a, like a bird fetus. Yeah, it's disgusting. So I don't like to look now, at it. You got to think like most food is disgusting. Like You just don't oh. think about it in that way. Like you don't think about what you're eating when you're eating eggs. You just eat eggs like it's eggs. <laughs> I was actually watching this documentary. Oh, no. What was it? It was like one of those explain things on Netflix that are actually pretty good. And they were talking about, like, um, what was it about? It was about, like, meat product. Oh, it was about, like, the meatless meat stuff, right? Like, in the future of, like, what is it, the impossible meat and, impossible like, whatever. Burger. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about, like, why names were given to different food items. Like, we don't call cows cow. We call it beef, right? Because it's, like, the word connotation in your head. Of, like, you were to, if you were to acknowledge what you were eating, like, you'd be less likely to eat it. And it's, like, we call it pork and not pig, right? Or, right. you know what I mean? 
Because, like, if you were saying, oh, I'm eating pig, like, you're less likely to, like, be okay with eating it. But because you call it beef or you call it pork or we call it different things like eggs instead of, like, you know, bird embryos, <laughs> it's, much e- it's much easier to, like, your, for your brain to wrap around and then you don't really think about what you're eating. But we call fish by its given name, by its government name, right? We call salmon salmon. Yes, but like I think fish is different, right? Fish, I, nobody cares about fish. Fish is like the you know when you when you're being a pescatarian is cool now. Like eating fish is no big deal. I mean, being a pescatarian is cool always, but I just think it's interesting that the idea of eating a fish is palatable, whereas eating a dead cow is not. Yeah, but we like cows. We don't like fish. Fish are like fish aren't you know fish are just like. They live in the ocean or the lake or whatever. Like, you don't really... Cows are, like... I think they're hardy. Like, people think cows are cute. Nobody thinks fish are cute. Fish are just, like, weird-looking. I also think when you catch a fish, you know, to get a fish, you... It's like a relaxing kind of chill thing. You know, you throw your pole in, see if you get something. How are they biting today? Whatever. To kill a cow (laughs) and then dismember it and get the meat out is very violent and upsetting. It's not the same as chilling on the lake and catching a fish. Oh, yeah. It's much more disgusting. Like, and people don't, I mean, people just don't want to deal with that. They don't want to think about, like, they're eating this cute little cow or this pig. They're like, hey, you know, I'm eating beef. Yeah, it feels more like murder when it's a cow or a pig. (laughs) Less like murder with a fish. Yeah, that's exactly it. Next thing. The term or phrase stan or stanning, Gucci or cringy? Cringy. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Like all things, like it was probably fine and then people on the internet beat it to death and now it's not cool anymore. So cringe. Cringy. People are using stan so much and I'm like, you're not even using it. You can't use it with everything. I don't know. So I'm going to see Celine Dion next weekend, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So every year, my friends that I studied abroad with in Italy in college, our group name is the Tanners, long story, but the Tanners every year get together in Chicago. We've done it since we graduated college and we do a Christmas celebration. And um, normally we do a hilarious secret Santa. And this year, someone was like, instead of Christmas, should we all give ourselves the gift of Celine? and go see Celine Dion and everybody was down. So I was like, sure, I'm down, you know, great vocalist, whatever. But I am not as obsessive about Celine as a lot of people are. But, you know, I paid money for these tickets. So leading up to the concert, I've been listening to Celine revisiting her greatest hits. I've been reading about her online. And it seems like anything I read about Celine Dion, it's I'm a Celine stan. I'm standing for Celine. It's like, all right, calm down. I think you're right. Like, people who like Celine Dion are, like, they're, like, people who like Barry Manilow. Like, they're kind of insane. A Fanilow? Yeah. Well, yeah. If we're going to see Celine Dion, that sounds incredibly boring to me. But what's <laughs> up? Like, no disrespect to Celine Dion. I know she has a great voice. But, like, I can only hear, like, the Titanic song, like, once. And I'm like, all right, we're good. And, you know, you could say that about any word, though. Like, the Internet just beats shit to death. And it sucks because... And you're right, people use it incorrectly, and then that makes me even more mad about it. But moral of the story is, like, people on the internet are stupid. I know, and I don't even want to put any stock into what they say, but I just thought, wow, this is so overused and stupid, standing. One of the things that I think is so funny about, like, the part of my take, guys, is, like, they ironically, in almost, like, a stupid way, do all this dumb Twitter meme things. But they do it in a way where it's, like, they're not being serious, they're being ironic. So, like, you know that one where it's, like, all the fingers that are pointing in to, like, one thing? Yes. I saw Big Cat did one that was, like, it was all that, and the center of it said, why are people doing this? (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) The funniest thing that I've seen in a long time is 
after the Miles Garrett incident during assault, assault, assault. assault. <laughs> that was really funny. And again, like that's why like, people are so dumb and reactionary and like beat things to death. And that's it's just, no pun it's intended. A, it's, a, it's a yeah, literally, it's it's a byproduct of the internet. Really, I don't know what it is. But when I saw the Schefter assault period tweet, and then I saw Big Cat just right assault. assault. He tweeted like nine times too. And then did you see he retweet? You know how they do that thing with the big heads? People do that yeah, for the PMT yeah. guys. Somebody did that to Big Cat, and it just said assault above it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's just. It's so funny because it's like just making fun of everything that's stupid about the internet. I know. They're so good. Okay, two more for you. Posting a selfie with a filter. Gucci or cringy? Well, oh, man. And I don't um, just mean you threw a, a little Valencia on it. I'm talking about dog. Yeah, little sepia, whatever you're working with. But I mean like with the hearts around it or yeah. flower crown or the dog ears. Because well, I feel like that's making say- a comeback. Yeah, I'll say cringy only because, like, let's be honest, like, anyone that does that is doing it because it makes them look better. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's literally, like, the only reason you would post a picture of yourself looking like a fucking dog is because <laughs> it, makes your, it makes your skin look better and it makes your eyes bigger and it's quote-unquote cute. So I was, I'll say cringy. I'll say cringy. Okay, last one. Camo. Gucci or cringy? Oh, man. I've never been a camo guy, ever. Man. I don't actually have an answer to this, I don't think, because I, I myself would not wear camo, but I've seen camo on other people, and I'm been like, okay, that's not terrible. M- mostly women, mostly girls, but I do think it can be overdone, too. Like, I think, especially on the dude angle, I think dudes can wear way too much camo. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to abstain because it's, it's kind of like a circumstantial thing. Like, I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to look at specific incidences. So you're, So it's situational camo is Gucci for you. Well, I've seen the women's style where they're wearing camo. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That looks good. Like, I, you know what I mean? And then I, mm-hmm, but then I've mm-hmm. seen other ones where it's like some dude who's like, for example, if you're one of those guys that lives like in West Virginia and like, you exclusively wear camo, like that's probably not a good thing. Like that's cringy. It's like, a lifestyle. You should, get other, you, you should get other things but camo. But if it's like, you know, if, it, if you dabble in it a little bit and you're, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. What do you think? So I have a pair of camo pants from Zara that I've worn before, which are fine. And then I have randomly a camo ESPN hoodie that I bought my first day on campus because it was like 50% off and I wanted to have something that said ESPN on it. And that I wore that the other day under a leather jacket. I'm very into the hoodie leather jacket layer yeah. combo lately. And I got like four compliments on my camo hoodie, which made me... And I just wore it because I was going to the gym. You know, I didn't wear it as part of a fashion thing. But then I thought, wow, I'm seeing camo everywhere now. I feel like camo is really in. But sometimes I look at it and think it looks stupid. Like, are you hiding in the woods to shoot a deer? And then other times I think it looks good. So, of course, I had to present it to you, my um, my fashion guy here. Well, you know what's funny is I'm actually more interested in the hoodie under a jacket look because <laughs> I'm with you. I'm a big hoodie under a jean jacket guy. Like, I like that look. But I do think we've gone too far with the hoodie under the blazer look. I think that's played out. We need to stop doing that. It's too much. Too many people do it. Crunchy. Too, too many people. It, I'm trying to compare it to something else. Like, it's too often used when people are trying to be, like, cool but also formal. Like, oh, I'll throw a hoodie on out of this blazer. I'll go to, like, a cool event and I'll look super hip. It's too mainstream now. Uh, that's how I feel oftentimes about dudes that wear a really nice suit with tennis shoes, even if they're, like, the off-whites yeah. or something. 
sometimes it looks really cool and more relaxed. Other times it doesn't go. Well, like if you're Adam Scott, you're doing it in the J. Crew catalog. Like, yes, like you're going to look good in that. But I think it's really hard for the average dude to pull that off. So I, I 100% agree with you. You know what's super overplayed is the dress sneakers with the suit look. Like all those sneakers are so beat. Not one pair of dress sneakers are good. And I mean, I see everyone with it wearing them on TV, especially in sports. You should just wear a nice shoe because the sneakers you're wearing are basically the same color, but they look dumb. It, it might not be cool anymore, but I liked the old, like, when people used to wear Converse's with suits or, like, you know, the Air, not the, uh, not the Air Force ones, the, um, the, uh, Kill Shots. Like, I have a couple pairs of Kill Shots, Nike Kill Shots are my favorite shoes. Those look really good with suits. But I think the dress shoe now, the dress sneaker now, is mm-hmm. such a bad look. We should get away from that at, at all costs. Okay, noted. Yeah, I saw A-Rod doing an interview the other day promoting a new shoe he made. I guess it's been 10 years since he won a World Series with the Yankees. But the shoe is supposed to be an elevated sneaker, like you're saying, to wear with a suit, something of that nature. And it's a nice-looking shoe, except... At the base of the laces, near the toe, there's a Velcro strap. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think he said Charles Barkley used to have that on his shoe back in the day. But I saw it and I was like, this is not cool. If you're wearing a super nice suit and I look down at your feet, I don't want to see Velcro sticking out on your toe. Yeah, so I will say that under no circumstance, Unless there's like a medical need, is a Velcro <laughs> shoe acceptable? Never. <laughs> yeah, unless unless you can, <laughs> unless you need it because you can't get your shoes on and off, Velcro is yeah. lame. Or unless you're at a bowling alley, uh, those are the only two circumstances where a Velcro shoe is acceptable. I told you I was only going to keep you 45 minutes and we went longer than that. So I'm going to wrap this up. Steve, thanks for doing this as always. I can't wait until we talk again in December and we do 10,000 frogs. So if you have a good story, send it in to us. I know we have an email address. I guess I could tweet that out or post it on Instagram. Nah, nobody emailed. <laughs> I know. Oh, one more thing before we go. I feel like I need a new end to the podcast. You know how we used to say goodnight, Boston? I can't do that after the Blues beat the Bruins anymore. I just can't uh, do it. So we need a new way to end the podcast. I've been saying like bye or see you later and it's really awkward and I need a new ending. You know what's funny is like I told you how like now that I like host Scallon Pals, I like do the heavy lifting. I take, you know, in and out of breaks. I throw to break. I throw to the end of the show. I told you that I like I thought I sounded like an idiot and that was like the <laughs> hardest sort of challenge and I still sort of think I sound like an idiot but I think I've gotten better at certain certain like things like coming back from break and being a little more natural. The hardest part of the show is ending the show. It's not even close. It's so hard. I don't know what to say. So I have no help for you because every day when I say goodbye to Scal, I say some super awkward thing. Like one time, actually it was a couple of times because like I have word vomit. I'll just say like, it's been real. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was so dumb. Like, why did I say that? You and said it's been real? I said it like multiple times and I, I, I couldn't help myself because saying goodbye Goodbye is the hardest thing to do when you're doing a show. So I have no help for you. I don't even. I haven't even figured it out myself. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, it reminds me of "I Love You, Man" when he was like, "Later's on the Menjay." I'd rather say that. At least that's funny. At least that's like weird. <laughs> but you know, it's true. I can't 
figure out how to end it because Goodnight Boston was so funny and ironic and it fit what we were doing at the time. But now, I mean, they were our sworn enemies. I don't want to say goodnight to them. It's even though we prevailed and we have the cup, it's just eh, it doesn't fit anymore. And I've been trying to figure out a way to do it. And it's really tough to stick the landing. I mean, I wish I could help you, but I, as I just stated, I have, I will be no help to you in this case. But listen, as always, we are open to listener suggestions. So hit us up. Do not email us. But tell us how we should end the show. We're open to all suggestions. Open to all suggestions, and, except yeah, for except, anything that you've said to Scal. Yeah, except for it's been real. We we will literally anything will do. I can't believe I said that. I'm so embarrassed. Honestly, anyway. though, the way we made fun of Freeze Pops for saying goodnight, Boston, I feel like it's been real might be so awkward and funny that that's how we should end it. It's been real. Like, what does that even fucking mean? It's so dumb. And I say it. And it comes out of my mouth, and I'm like, what are you saying? Like, you know how you do that? Like, I'm still kind of in that phase where, like, I don't exactly always know what I'm doing. And you just kind of say stuff that, because it's like word vomit. And that's exactly what that is. You like you, you hate it coming out of your mouth, but you're like, well, I'm just going to say it because I don't even know what else to say. So I always end it by saying, thank you for listening. We'll be back in action next week. It's been real. <laughs> it's, been, it's been real. <laughs> what does that even mean? God, I hate that. Oh, God. I'm the worst. Okay, good time. Well, Steve, it's been real. Thanks so much for doing this. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. It has been real. Well, I'm so excited to welcome in John Price again from Sports Information Traders. You've heard him on the podcast the past two weeks. He's been giving you great information about wagering. And John, last week we mentioned that you had your game of the year in the NFL. You don't do this often. So tell us about the game and how it played out. Well, it was very exciting. It was the Seattle Seahawks plus one. And we knew early in the week that that was a line that was definitely off when you see a team traveling on the road and getting a point you know that something's going on with the home team because the home team traditionally gets points just for being the home team and philadelphia is a team that had started to pick up some momentum at home they had gotten healthier at least in theory and so seeing the line open up with the seahawks only being a one-point underdog was definitely bells and whistles. We knew something was going on. We looked into it. And as anybody who watched that game realized, the Eagles didn't have any of their key playmakers on the field when the game started. Alshon Jeffrey was a late scratch. Al Gahor wasn't able to go, and as a result, they weren't able to move the football at all that day, and Seattle's a very good road team. So Seattle plus one had incredible amounts of value. We knew it as early as Monday which is what I said last week. And obviously that was a play we were able to capitalize on as Seattle not only covered, but they won the game outright. And that's really what it's all about, Michelle. It's about anticipation. It's about finding the matchups that have the best value. I mentioned the word value last week, and that's really what it's all about. You've got to be on the right plays and you've got to know how much to wager on those games. And, John, I know that sports information traders, you guys are coming up on a big anniversary. You started your company about 14 years ago, and you don't stay in business, especially a business like this, that long if you don't have success and great plays like we saw last week. I know that in speaking with you, you have a very gracious offer that you're going to present to our listeners. So if you can, let them know what the anniversary offer is. Yeah, we, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of inquiries around the country. We're happy to be on your podcast. Podcast, And we get inquiries all the time about the different things that we're doing. And last week, of course, our biggest NFL play won. We had a Vegas mistake college play a few weeks ago that won. I gave out LSU over Alabama to win outright on the radio around the country. 
these individual games have worked out exceptionally well. But I want people to see a little bit of runway of games. I want them to experience not just one win, but the, the experience of working with one of my analysts and let, letting them manage you from one win to the next. Yes, our 14-year anniversary is coming up, and we're going to offer for everyone listening to you right now and me a 14-game NFL college football and NHL hockey package that is going to be available. You can purchase it by giving us a call at 866-441-2711, or you can go to sportsinformationtraders.com right now. Ask about the 14-game package. It's our anniversary package. We started our company uh, about 14 years ago. So we're going to celebrate it, and we're going to honor every person who calls in and pays for it. 14-game package, NFL, NHL, college football. Play along with us. Let my analysts show you how to get done at Sports Information Traders. Now, you're going to want to pick up the phone. Call John at 866-441-2711, like he said, because this is not an offer that he's giving to everybody, guys. This is just for small talk listeners. So you want to take advantage of this. And I know it's the holiday season and people usually equate that with, hey, I'm going to have to spend a ton of money. I need to fly to see my family. I'm going to have to buy gifts for everyone. I need to buy a new outfit to go to a holiday party. When in fact, John, if people get in a program like yours, they can actually use the holiday season as a time to make money. Absolutely. And and you're exactly right. People travel, they have big meals, they have people coming. Winter break comes and everybody's, you know, off on vacation and you're, you're spending your money. But the reality is that when you're in a program like ours, number one, the football intensifies when the holidays come. We can all agree on that. So the action is there. The value is there. And the ability to not just make some money, but make a lot of money during a time when you notoriously spend it is here. So instead of looking at what we're doing as something that adds expenses to what you're already paying for, look at what we do here as something that not only offset what you're going to spend this holiday season, but enhances what it is that you've made. That sounds great. And one more time, get a pen, write this down, 866-441-2711 or sportsinformationtraders.com. You want to take advantage of this very gracious offer that John and Sports Information Traders has with this 14 gameplay for small talk listeners. John, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much as always. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, Michelle. Always a good time. Sit back. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. It's time for a review on the Small Talk Podcast with Michelle Smallman. Brought to you by Land Rover St. Louis. Well, that open means only one thing. It is time for a review. Anthony is here again. Anthony, hello. It is time for a review. (laughs) My arms are wide open like uh, Creed, by the way, just for people not listening. You have a really impressive wingspan. Did you ever play basketball? Uh, no, that was dad's. I was a football player. What position? Offensive tackle. Nice. Yeah. How long yeah. did you play? Uh, two years of high school and one year of uh, of college. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't realize you were a collegiate athlete, Anthony. I, I was. That's why I still rock uh, collegiate clothes by being in hoodies and sweats all the time <laughs> as if I'm still a retired athlete. So when you were an offensive lineman, were you required to eat all day long? That was one of the breaking points for college is really? they were like, we want you to be like 320, 325. Yeah. And I was like at 280 something. So I was like, I don't know if I can have more girlfriends at size 320 coach. I don't feel comfortable with that. A lot of girls like big guys. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't trust it. So I went with the, uh, the fornication route as opposed to football route because I'm an idiot. But whatever. Man. You, live, you live and you learn. 
Well, it's crazy. You know, you'll get so many offensive linemen, and once they get out of the league or they stop playing, they shrink. It's yeah. nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a picture of uh, Adam Timmerman from the old Rams line. I was yeah. like, is that Timmerman? Super thin. Have you seen Joe Thomas from the Browns? Mm-mm. Google no, I've seen them too. Oh, my gosh. Unrecognizable. I wonder if it's keto. He, I think he does do keto. He swims a lot. He does yoga now. He's very lean. But he was huge. I mean, he was a monster. And now, if I saw him on the street, I would not recognize him. Are you looking him up? I'm trying to. Internet's slow here. We did this last episode. You know this. I know. That's so slow. <laughs> well, while you look up Joe Thomas, let's get to a review. This one is from Kyle W. 1984-1984. I'm wondering what year he was born. My guess is 1984. He says, mixed bag of fun. Five stars. Love this show. The range of topics is so diverse, but always interesting. Great host and a good range of guests. That's nice. Yeah, he thin as hell. See? He's like, he's like Erlacher thin. It's like Erlacher with hair, but not. I think he's. Looks thinner than Erlacher. At least yeah, Erlacher still looks like he could come after you a little bit. in there. I know, right? Isn't that wild? Yeah. So Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Anthony, are you big into holidays? No. So you're not getting ready to go look at Christmas lights, go shopping, Cyber Monday, the whole bit? I'm going to the Chinese buffet. Okay. And then I'm locking myself in the house until Monday. Okay. Well, I'll take that back. I come to the radio station on Saturday, so I'll be here Saturday. Sounds like a bumping holiday weekend right, for you. Oh my goodness. I got to tell you, so I'm a member of the Missouri Athletic Club, and I'm not a big Thanksgiving person. It's just never been my jam. I love Christmas, love the holiday season, love lights, and I cannot wait to go to the Missouri Athletic Club because they have the best decorations in town. I'm one of these people that, since I don't have a family yet, I don't fully decorate my apartment, my house, but I love being in that environment. It's just so cozy and nice, so I feel like I'm going to be spending a lot of time there. Like, forewarning for you guys, I'm going to be drinking a lot of red wine in the Missouri Athletic Club. (laughs) Do you have ornaments that you made as a kid that you put up on the tree every year? So my mom does, and they're so funny. It's me in preschool. I was uh, kind of a, I don't really know, stocky kid. And so the pictures are always of like fat face me with my hair disheveled and it's like a handprint with my face. In the don't don't body shame young Michelle. She was fit for her age. It's okay. It's all right. My mom's Italian. Fat. She fed me a lot. What can I say? Baby fat happens. Yes. But um, yeah, so she still has those. She puts them on the tree. They're interesting. Do you have old or- ornaments or anything? Yeah, but the only thing that comes to mind was a magnet that I made at Camp Kangaroo at the zoo. But it's not, <laughs> it was all Christmas colors, but it was not, it was not a Christmas magnet. It just stayed on the fridge year round, just whatever reason. I wonder if I have kids, if I'm going to be sentimental and keep stuff like that, like my mom does. I kind of think I'd be like, mm, this wasn't that great. This wasn't your best effort. <laughs> I don't know what I would be. I feel weird just keeping teeth. You keep teeth? No, I don't keep teeth. I'm I just saying, like, I, I know parents that keep the teeth of their kids whenever, because they're, because, you know, they're the tooth fairy. You don't just throw that tooth away. What do you do with it? They keep it, like, in a tin and, like, their side table, like, weird stuff like that. That's I know. That's weird. That's it's too weird. weird. It's why I'm not, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with any of that. I would not want my kids' teeth just chilling in my nightstand. No? You know, reach in and grab the wrong thing one time? I just don't understand the, the purpose. Yeah. I mean, like, what? Yeah, I don't know either. Parents are weird. Parents are, but I guess what do you do? Just toss them in the garbage? Well, you, you remember when they used to put our shoes in, uh, in carbonite? They'd freeze them in, in the uh, in the iron or bronze or whatever. They bronze our shoes, and it'd be like uh, an ornament for the for like the um, not the coffee table, but like the shelf or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that always kept weird things. Okay, but at least that's decorative. You can put it on the shelf. Like- oh, you, what? So if I bronze out some teeth and it's decorative, <laughs> yeah. check out my boy's grill. It's right there, bronzed out on the shelf. Do you think Paul Wall? put his baby's teeth in a grill. I think so. I like to think so. I think that's hilarious. I hope so. <laughs> I see that. I'd watch that commercial. I'm Grills for the whole family. And it's just Paul Wall holding the kid with like shiny platinum. 100% his kids have a grill. Hilarious. I met him in Baton Rouge and I was like, 
do you have a family? Like, well, who are you? And he was like, yeah, I'm married with kids. <laughs> you, I was like, what? What were you doing meeting Paul Wall in Baton Rouge? It sounds like it sounds like a gambling story gone wrong. Yeah, so then I went to Baton Rouge and I'm meeting Paul Wall. It was a weird Yeah, name. I was there last fall for Bama LSU and met up with some friends at a bar and randomly... Paul Wall was performing. That's so funny. So we happened up on stage, and I was like, Paul Wall, what's up? Mid, just mid-performance, Paul Wall's rapping. Hey, what's up, Paul Wall? I was like, nothing. Can we, can we take a selfie? He's like, totally. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you again, of course, to Saruti. Thank you to John Price. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone has a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. We will be back in action next week, but until then, it's been real. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.